0: Hi, my name is Frankie. Thank you for listening to my
1: mom. I never listen.
0: Welcome to Nothing But Net, Debbie Antonelli, along with the head coach from Duquesne, Dan Burt. Dan, in your tenth year as the head coach, I'm so glad to see you. How's it going?
1: things are well we just uh, got off the road uh late last night and uh came away with a victory against St. Bonaventure.
0: Yeah, so uh, you brought it up. Let's not lose the top line here. Are you kidding me? Man, 20 triples in a game? Come on.
1: Yeah, you know, last year when we played at St. Bonaventure, we uh had set the school record with 19 and uh <laughs> We knew that we were going to play well uh, yesterday, but we didn't expect to break that record uh, the very next year. And uh, yeah, 20, uh, 23 pointers in a game, Uh, things were uh, flowing like water and uh, the kids had a great game and uh, really enjoyed themselves.
0: That is the definition of shoot till your arm falls off for sure. I mean, I'm excited to have a chance to spend time with you today, particularly after the night that your team had. I mean, 20 triples. I know some teams at the D1 level that can't make 20 triples without defense in 40 minutes. I mean, that's just amazing what you were able to do. So tell us what it was like. Like, are they coming in a barrage of threes? Are they coming in transition? Um, Give us a breakdown.
1: Uh, Basically, immediately uh, from the moment the game started, uh, I believe we made our first seven and uh, mostly out of transition. Um, we didn't run a whole lot of sets yesterday. Uh, they, they did not find us well in transition, so we got a lot of good looks there. Uh, but, uh, you know, we've got Tess Myers, who's a sophomore, uh, here from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and she's one of the better three-point shooters in the country. And uh, Amaya Hamilton, who's our starting four, uh, also had an unbelievable game uh, with shooting the ball. I believe she was four for six from the three-point line. And uh, you know, it, just about everyone on the team, except uh, one or two players that can play, uh, we were a little shorthanded yesterday. Uh, one of our better three-point shooters, Lauren uh, a transfer from Xavier, actually is uh, one of the ones who didn't have a triple. Uh, but as you go down the roster of available it. players, uh, most everyone made one yesterday, including our walk-on, uh, which was great. Oh, awesome. And not at the end of the game either. Uh, you know, she played in the second quarter and the third quarter and uh, in the fourth, and, and Singo was able to get one there. I believe it was early in the third.
0: You know uh, my platform is about offense, right? I see the game through an offensive lens. I I want teams to be better shooters. I love the fact that you have that many three-point threats on your team. When you're putting your game plan together against different opponents in the A-10, and there's some really good teams in the A-10, so I know there'll be some other teams that will guard you in transition. Uh, when, When you're moving the ball and you're playing like that, that can't be a better validation for your system than what you witnessed last night, is it?
1: we've We've shot the ball pretty well all year, um, not quite up to the standard with what we had expected uh, this season. Uh, and And a reason for that is, is we don't really have a lot of downhill drivers. and so people have been able to crowd us and use their athleticism. Uh, to force us to take more contested shots than what we would normally like. Uh, we've tried to address the uh, that area in a number of ways, and uh, I think that's one reason why we're 16 and ten as opposed to maybe nineteen and, and seven. Uh, we've lost a couple of close games where we didn't shoot the three quite as well. Uh, but when we go out into recru- the recruiting world, uh, the ability to shoot the three is incredibly important, especially from our post players.
0: Where does your offensive philosophy stem from, Dan? You've been around the game for a while. You've been around a lot of different influences in your life around how you want to play and and what you like to run. Who would you say are a couple of people that have had the greatest influence on what you do offensively?
1: Uh, Our our former assistant, Matt Schmidt, uh, had run our offense. He was our offensive coordinator. We're a little bit different. Uh, We have offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators. uh, And and Matt, uh, who's now working in administration, was, was a very good offensive coordinator. Uh, my, my old college coach, Jim Crutchfield, uh, who's uh, sort of become a, a mythical legend in college basketball, uh, led West Liberty State to one of the best records mm-hmm. over his career. Now he's at No Southeastern with the men's team, and they play a unique style. Uh, and Kim Stevens, who just won the Division II National Championship at Glenville uh, State College this past season, uh, she has adapted that style. Uh, I really enjoy the way that those teams play, which is fast, oftentimes with a line change in and out uh, after 45 seconds, and and they really emphasize the three. It's not a Grinnell system. It's more closely related to Loyola Paramount. Um, It's something that I really enjoy. We haven't quite adapted that totally. We don't have the roster to do that, Uh, but uh, those are people that I really take a lot of enjoyment from watching the game and learning from uh but obviously uh what steve nash did with with uh with coach there, there with seven, seven seconds, seconds or less sons also uh we try to shoot it early and often um mm-hmm. we just like it to go in a little bit more
0: <laughs> i love that style did you give the offensive coordinator the day off
1: uh, after that know, performance no <laughs> we uh, we have a couple scholarships to fill in the transfer portal um and so we'll be right at it uh at 11 a.m., we actually have a meeting with a young lady. Um, our offensive quarter coordinator right now is Vanessa Abel, and Vanessa played for us at Duquesne. And uh, she's a young woman who's a bright star in the women's coaching world. Uh, Vanessa uh, was an a All-Atlantic 10 player before going to play professionally overseas uh, at the Euro Cup level. And uh, we really think really highly of what her future is going to be. And, you know, she's destined to be a head coach soon. Uh, last night, she called a terrific game. We also put a, a set or two in that allowed us to have some isolation plays for Amaya Hamilton. And uh, just she's done a really good job in her first year as our offensive coordinator.
0: Well, I wrote her name down because, you know, I quite often get asked uh, who's up and coming and who are the next. And so I love that uh Vanessa's somebody I'm going to be checking out. Okay, so Dan, you know, what, like, I mean, Pittsburgh, I know you sit right there on the corner next to Pitt, and, and you got um, such a great hotbed of basketball in that area. I can't let you go without talking about the McConnell family, Megan McConnell in particular, who is your point guard, who I love, who can score and dish, but she also seems to be your best rebounder. How many times have you had a team with your rebounder is your point guard that does get you in transition so quickly?
1: You know, it it, it kind of stems, uh, We our previous point guard before Meg actually was very similar, Libby Basilak, And uh, Libby was an outstanding player in high school in Ohio with their three or four state titles and, and was our point guard here and rebounded in a very similar way. Uh, Meg has taken that mantle and run, run with it. Uh, obviously, she's from the first family of basketball here in Pittsburgh uh, with her aunt Susie, who I had the fortune of working with here. Uh, At Duquesne and and followed her with her over to Pitt for a couple weeks before I returned to Duquesne to be the head coach. Uh, But, you know, Meg's father is someone uh, that trained her brother, TJ, who's with the Pacers, Mm -hmm. the NBA. And her father's someone that I grew up uh, watching as a fan, as a young boy, when he played for an NAIA powerhouse in Waynesburg College. And so uh, I've known the McConnells forever. And uh, from Susie and Kathy, Uh, to Tommy uh, and and Timbo uh, all of them have stamped their influence on Meg uh, but Meg is really her own person uh, the way she plays the game and uh, you know she she does have that McConnell IQ she seems to know where the ball is one pass ahead whether that's when she's looking for steals or rebounding the ball and uh, I think next year she's going to be one of the best point guards in the country Uh, last night she was near a triple double with eight rebounds seven assists I think she had 11 or 12 points. And she had a couple steals also. Um, and, and she's, and that's in about 20 minutes of playing time. Uh, again, uh, I think will be one of the best point guards in the country next year.
0: That is uh, Caitlin Clark like numbers. If you don't mind me saying in 20 minutes, that's pretty fantastic. Uh, that's the first thing that jumped off the page to me about your team is obviously you have a McConnell and that she's a point guard who rebounds uh, Susie for the longest time, as you know, had the NCAA record for the most triple doubles in the history of the game until a lady named Sabrina Ionescu came around. And now we've got Caitlin Clark coming up right behind her. So, you know, have you been to Sunday dinner at the McConnell's? Because it's kind of on my bucket list. I'm just wondering what that's like if you've done that.
1: No, I, no, never, never, never done anything like that. Um, we see a lot of each other uh, in the stands after the games and we see each other uh, at various gyms uh, across the city. And, uh, you know, uh, Tom, who kind of got this all started, the oldest brother uh, of Susie and, and Timbo, uh, Tom was a, a great player, and he just recently retired uh, from being the head coach at IUP, an elite division two program. And uh, Tom's uh, grandson and my son actually play a basketball together. So uh, it, we may not break bread at dinner on Sunday, but we see each other quite a bit. Each-
0: <laughs> you know what, Dan, if you get the invite on Sunday, bring me with you because uh, I've been asking for a long time to go and uh, I haven't had a chance to get there. So I actually haven't gotten the invite, but I'm sure they, they wouldn't mind me sitting at the table talking point guard with them because that's that's something that I love to do. All right. About your son. Uh, you know, my, I have three boys. My youngest son's a D2 point guard at a small school called Emory and Henry in the SAC, And he's having an incredible experience. When I go to watch him play, I say nothing. I sit, I watch, I make no body language reference to what's happening, and I just try to keep my mouth shut. How do you handle going to your son's games?
1: I am the exact same. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a situation where my, my son is a fifth grader and you don't want to project fifth graders, but, you know, he's a very talented young man and uh, he has the gift. Uh, my wife is a professional player. Uh, she's from overseas, from Hungary, and that's actually where my wife and children are right now. Uh, and, you know, my wife's father was six foot nine, six foot ten, and her uncle was seven feet tall. So. You know, I always tell people, you, you, if, if you win the genetic lottery, that's the first step. And, and you know, my son may have done that because he is taller and faster and jumps higher than the other kids. Uh, but the second thing is, is you have to love the process. And uh, that's hard to do when you're in the fifth grade. He certainly loves uh, the jerseys and the shoes. Um, he, he likes the process. But I'm one that doesn't say a word. I'm very stoic uh, during his practices and his games Uh, because I do coach him a lot. Uh, My wife is a little bit different, however, Um, (laughs) so that I can preserve uh, my marriage. I'll just say that she's (laughs) a little different than I am.
0: (laughs) I don't even like sometimes sitting next to my husband. I hate to say that because he wants to talk to me and I know it's going to lead me to doing, say, or doing something that I don't want anybody to see me. doing. (laughs) Uh, We don't don't sit
1: next to each other, Debbie. (laughs) (laughs) I love it.
0: I get it. I 100% get it. Okay, so look, this 8-10 race is something, man. I mean, it is good. That league is good. The quality of players, the coaches. It's a multiple bid league, many years. How do you see the league shaping up this year?
1: Well, you know, obviously UMass and, and Rhode Island uh, are the uh, two front runners in the league. And Fordham is uh, right there with them, uh, with their experience. You have all three teams that have a lot of experience. Um, for us, you know, we, we did not play well for 40 minutes against UMass or against Fordham. Uh, we played well for about 30, 35 minutes. Uh, against Rhode Island, we, uh, we were down the, almost the entire game, uh, but we got the lead with three minutes to go, and then we could not hold on to the lead. Uh, we feel like we can play with anyone within the league, uh, but, you know, Rhode Island and UMass, uh, really are at the, at the head of the league. And then a Fordham team that has been really well coached by a rookie uh, head coach. They are, they've been outstanding. Uh, they're, they're veteran, uh, they're experienced, they're older kids, and they really understand and accept their roles. They're really connected. Um, I feel like what George Washington has done underneath Caroline McCombs uh, has been really good. I think she's done a great job of coaching, her team. Uh, and you know, you, you, really, once you get past Rhode Island and UMass, uh, it, anyone can beat anyone. Um, uh, you know, the Richmonds, the Duquesnes, the Davidsons, uh, and I know I'm leaving LaSalle and I'm probably leaving a few others out. You know, we're all kind of bunched up in there. And, uh, I, I would not be surprised that when we get to the conference tournament in Delaware, uh, that we have a surprise ending, um, uh, you know, whether that's Duquesne or LaSalle or George Washington or uh, or Richmond, um, I do believe that uh, UMass and Rhode Island are, are are at the head of the class, but it's going to take a an awfully strong, valiant effort from both of those clubs uh, to win the thing because there is such depth.
0: Way to sell some tickets, Dan. That is exactly what the fans want to hear, right? Exactly. Okay, so the last thing I want to ask you is uh, this week, Debbie Richardson announced that she's retiring from the A-10, and you've you've given a long service to our game. Debbie certainly has. She's been a member of the committee. She's been a part of the A-10 staff under Bernie McGlade for uh, decades. Um, Debbie is somebody that everyone in the game knows and appreciates her service. What would you say, because you're the first person I've had a chance to talk to since she's announced her retirement, about her legacy in the A-10 and what she's done for women's basketball?
1: I've been in Division One basketball for 25 years and uh, I think I've known Debbie for all 25 years and uh, she's one of the first people that I actually remember meeting uh, in my first coaching job and uh, whether I, that was in West Virginia as an assistant or, was it a, or as an assistant here at Duquesne to uh, so becoming the head coach here over the last 10 years, uh, the, the thing that stands out about Debbie to me more than anything is her kindness. Uh, Debbie is one of the kindest human beings I've ever met. And uh, I'm going to miss her a lot. I I really enjoy our conversations. I think Debbie's a great woman. And I'm wishing her the very best in retirement. And I don't know what retirement means for her because I can't see Debbie without basketball. (laughs) And uh, I hope whatever she decides to do, that she'll stay connected to her friends in the game. And that she'll enjoy, enjoy her next chapter.
0: I have no doubt, and I also believe she'll be sitting at the 50-yard line for the A-10 tournament for now uh, until forever. So uh, I want to thank you, Dan, for your time. Um, Congratulations on your success so far. What a great day to do the podcast with Dan Bird on the night, the day after 23s on the game. That is so fantastic. I love it. Shoot till your arm falls off, Dan Bird.
1: Hey, I appreciate you uh, having me on, and uh, i got to go worry about trying to beat Richmond now league stuff.